1: Welcome back to Sports Day WA. They say by the barest of margins. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, New Zealand pulled off a miracle at the Basin Reserve in Wellington today. They defeated England by one run following one of the most dramatic finishes in Test history. And a man that had the opportunity to be there working for TalkSport UK is Daniel McCarty. He's a Kiwi, he's a New Zealander, but he was surrounded by former English Test players in the commentary this afternoon. Daniel, thanks for your time. My pleasure. Great to speak to you, my friend. An utterly joyous day, and I was probably the luckiest New Zealander to be surrounded by
0: former English Test cricketers as their side succumbs to a huge, whopping one-run <laughs> defeat.
1: Tell us about who were your partners in crime in the commentary position this afternoon.
0: I had the likes of Michael Atherton, the former English uh, captain, highly respected commentator and scribe, the gnarly fast bowler, Steve Harmison, look out, thick and slip, they were never safe but Harmy, um bowling the first ball of an Ashes series. Uh, New Zealand All-Rounder of uh, years gone by, Jacob Borum, uh, White Soon, Frankie Mackay and the great Neil Manthorpe, who I think only covered Test matches at 84 venues around the world. So in all honesty, it was a wonderful um, thrill to be invited to be alongside them. They were so accommodating. We had a whole heap of fun. And we have just witnessed a game. Not a single one of us will ever forget. It was a real privilege to see um, all five days unfold with all the twists and turns at the Basin
1: Reserve. New Zealand became just the fourth team in Test history. This is the magnitude of the win this afternoon. Fourth team in Test history to win after being asked to follow on. And at one stage, it looked like it was going to materialise because England were five for 80 before Joe Root and also Ben Foulkes actually put England in a winning position. Take us through that period. A game, a final day of ebbs and flows. Yeah, the
0: the final day, if you just watch, that sort of wraps up the whole Test. You could, we could go and you know compartmentalise every single day and talk about the twists and turns. It was a fairy tale as far as subplots. But let's get into day number five with England starting 48 for the loss of one, chasing 258, 210 runs on the final day of a test. Normally is a little bit tricky, but this English side has chased down some really impressive scores over the last year. They're full of confidence, they're full of bravado. They They want to go at the bowlers, so New Zealand had to start well. And they started exceptionally well, I thought, through the opening hour, hour and a half. Uh, they got rid of Robinson for two, the night watchman, then Duckett and Pope, and then Harry Brock, who's just made Test cricket look so easy. You know, close to nine hundred test runs and six test matches. Well he was run out without facing a ball, an absolute brain explosion from Joe Root as he dabbed the ball into the gully, set off for a run and leaving Harry Brook high and dry. But you're so right, at that stage eighty for five England they're teetering. But they're you know, they're two most storied players. Um, Joe Root who scored 150 in the first innings ultimately out for 95 in the second Um, he and Stokes put together a very good partnership just shy of 140 so it showed you if you got in this wasn't a a wicket with too many terrors Uh, no one else was able to provide any support and when New Zealand got rid of uh, Stokes and Root in in pretty quick succession uh, it was game on and New Zealand have scraped home and I'm absolutely thrilled for one Neil Wagner, the 36-year-old who had had a horrendous series, has got rid of Stokes and Root and Pope today and then gets the last wicket of Anderson uh, to spark wild jubilation here at the Basin Reserve. Incredible. See. Neil Wagner bowled 11 overs in the Mount Monganui in the second inning and went for 104. Mm. 100, 104 runs in 11 overs. England were torching him to all parts. But uh, he's gone to the well once more, full of fire and determination. Guess what? He went to a short pitch method, which has worked so well. And uh, he's got the chocolates for New Zealand.
1: Unbelievable. And just going down to that last wicket, because James Anderson is not known as a great batsman, comes in at number 11. Hmm. He hit one through. I think it may have been mid-wicket for four. And people thought, he's just going to slog. And if he connects one, England get over the line. But the way he got out, a little faint touch, Down the leg side. When it comes to a batsman, that's what they consider unlucky when you get caught down the leg side. And that's how James Anderson fell in hand in uh, in New Zealand the test match.
0: You're so right. Uh, Similar to how Kane Williamson got out to Harry Brook during a nothing sort of uh, bowling change from Ben Stokes. I'll give this a go. And then there's the feather edge down the leg side and Williamson the centurion and I think man of the match. Uh, brilliant knock in that second innings to get New Zealand back into the game. That opened the door for England. They weren't good enough to take it. And unfortunately for England, it's closed the door. That type of dismissal with the caps down the league side. It was so exhilarating. The, the tension was almost unbearable inside the ground at the time. I think nine runs are needed when Anderson comes out and joins Jack Leach. Uh, Anderson gets a couple of his thrown. He looks like he's not enjoying it. He looks like he's not playing it particularly well. So what does he do? backs outside of leg stump, thumps it through mid-wicket, goes between the legs of uh, Williamson and at that stage it was six runs uh, needed. He takes it down to just two and you think England are going to do it. But no, there was just one last twist um, in a long, long tail of this, uh, this incredible game. Mm. Um, 2,494 test matches and just the second time a game has been decided by one run. And that And then you add on the fact that this is the fourth team to ever overcome a a Um, follow-on. I'll never see anything like it in my broadcasting career. I'm just thankful I was able to see it at all.
1: And what's interesting also is the fact that these days, not many team captains or sides maybe enforce the follow-on because they want to bat the opposition side completely out of the contest. I wonder if Ben Stokes is rethinking it now because there was plenty of time to be played in the Test match.
0: Yeah, um, there's always hindsight captains out there, and it's fair enough to question, especially when you've just become the forced team to lose the test after enforcing the follow-on. What were your
1: your co-commentators saying when the follow-on was enforced? Did they agree with it?
0: We were all in agreement, and I'll tell you why. Here at the Basin Reserve, it always looks emerald green on day one. It never plays that badly. It offers seam for a couple of days and then becomes very flat throughout the duration of, of the test match with maybe a little bit of up and down, maybe the odd bit of turn. So it's generally a very good surface, deep into a Test match. On day three, it was still overcast. We'd had plenty of light showers through the first couple of days. The southerly wind doesn't dry the outfield. So it was a good bowling day on day number three. And England bowled really well. They beat the outside edge on numerous occasions. Uh, you know, the odd nick went to ground just in front of the slip court. And on any other day, England could have had New Zealand six or seven down and, and go on and win the Test match quite comfortably. Um, I don't think they made a mistake by following on. I think the story more is about New Zealand getting through that really um, difficult period thanks to, firstly, a great opening partnership between Latham and Conway, and then the magician that is Williamson, um, you know, dr- you know, driving a bowling attack into the ground deep into day number four. So, yeah, I completely understand why people want to look at England and that decision, but I think it's more of a, a story of, A, how the Basin Reserve play, and B, most importantly, how well New Zealand fought. What should you should be so proud of, of the fight.
1: I am so proud of Kane Williamson, who's handed over the captaincy, named man of the match, having scoring a brilliant 132 in New Zealand's second innings. I tell you what, he could easily take over the presidency... Uh, of New Zealand. He's probably the most <laughs> revered individual in the land of the long white cloud. He's just an amazing player. Probably the greatest batsman of all time in New Zealand cricket history. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate on that now. He's got the most
0: uh, test runs. He went past Ross Taylor his long-time teammate during this test match. Hardly acknowledged the crowd when the ground announcer announced it to the base reserve. He's so unflapful. He doesn't really care about those sort of things. He's just he lives in the moment. He's a serene sort of player to watch. You know, beautiful on the eye, but just unflappable. Um, doesn't get too all that introspective. He's just um, worried about you know, getting better each day as a batsman and also making sure um, he stays in the moment and does what's best for the team. It was really an impressive knock. Tom Blundell, too. Let's not um, forget his contribution, making 90 he has had a wildly good year, and you know, with both my New Zealand eyes open, I'd say he's the best wicketkeeper batsman in Test cricket at the moment. Um, he's very good with the gloves. Uh, Australians will remember him from being a, a makeshift opener um, during uh, the, the very one-sided Boxing Day Test from 2019, I think it was, where mm-hmm. he scored 100 in the second innings opening. He's He's back in the middle order. He's got the gloves full-time, and he's averaged over 60 with the bat in the last year. He played really well. But Kane Williamson was was the man again for New Zealand. 26 Test match hundreds uh, and long may it continue. I know he's had elbow injuries and, and we're, we all hold our breath um, contemplating the end because he is now into his early 30s. We just want it to carry on for as long as possible. Although I'm not sure he might... I, I think if there is an election this year, it might it might be a close run thing between Payne <laughs> Williamson and maybe maybe Tim Southey after Tim Southey captains uh, New Zealand defeating England. So maybe we should have a run off between those two.
1: Well, of course it's only a two test series, tied at one all and I reckon after the events of today people were would have been hoping for a third and deciding test match, just not to be, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It's a really good point. I, I think the penny has dropped with England. This was long, scheduled long ago. They're back here in 18 months for a three-test match series. I, I, I think um, people recognise coming to New Zealand is actually not an easy place to go and win test match cricket. Um, 2017, South Africa, a much better South African side than we currently see in 2023, one here Uh, in a really gripping series. Uh, New Zealand now 11 series without uh, a loss, and we can't wait to invite the Aussies in, what, the next year or so. Mm. I think they're over here, so um, bring it on. New Zealand, though, they're not perfect. The batting looks okay to me. Um, The bowling's a little bit thin, uh, with Jameson, unfortunately, being re-injured. He's done another stress fracture just weeks after coming back from Fresh so This is a guy with 80 test wickets and 19, and he looked like he had the world at his feet. It's a huge loss. New Zealand simply can't replace him. Wish him all the best in trying to get fit. Trent Bolt's given up uh, a central contract, so will we he- ever see him again in test match cricket? We simply don't know, and it does seem unlikely. Uh, New-, New Zealand are a little bit thin in the bowling department, so uh, hopefully over the next year or two um, some fresh blood can come through because Neil Weaver's 36, he can't go forever. Tim Southy's 34, he can't go forever. Even Matt Henry, I think, is over 30 years of age. That They do need to sort of rebuild... Uh, that facet of the game, if they can to continue, um, you know, being very hard to beat at home.
1: Uh, unbelievable Test Match, Daniel. Thanks for sharing uh, all the insights to what was a a riveting uh, day five of the second Test at the Basin Reserve in England in Wellington between England and New Zealand. Thanks for your time, and let's hope you see plenty more of the, those sort of Test matches going forward.
0: Oh, let's hope so too. Great ad uh, ad for the the Test Match game. I'm so excited for the Ashes. I know Australia's got a great bowling lineup, but that batting lineup of England are going to come for you. Strap yourself in. That's going to be absolutely wonderful theatre in a few months' time.
1: Good on you, Daniel. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Daniel McCarty, he's still up, isn't he, in the clouds. He's so excited calling that test match and calling his beloved New Zealand to a victory over England. Can you recall, as I mentioned earlier, any other test matches that you may have been at or recall that were as gripping? as that one today in New Zealand. Give us your thoughts on the temperate bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. For Toolmart, the complete tool centre and Kia, this is Sports Day WA.